In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. In the midst of uh, the Besko week, the church celebrates one of the seven minor feasts of the, of the church. We celebrate today Covenant Thursday, or uh, as it's called in, in other churches, Maundy Thursday. And Monday Thursday is, uh, is a Latin word. It means commandment. And so, because at the Last Supper, the Lord made several new commandments. He said, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, even as I have loved you. And then He also gave another commandment. He gave the disciples a new way to celebrate the Passover. It was on this day that the Lord instituted the great sacrament of the Eucharist. And so today I'd like to speak a little bit about the sacrament of Eucharist. From the Old Testament rites of the Passover, I think we can learn a few things about, Pas- uh, about Eucharist. Now I'm not going to say the things that maybe you've heard before, or maybe you have, until you've heard everything before. This Passover was not a one-time celebration. Passover was not a one-time celebration. The Lord instructed the Israelites to celebrate the Passover every, every year, every year. And there was a purpose in doing it repeatedly. There was a purpose to doing it repeatedly. And every year it was a way to remember the glorious power of the Lord or the power of God. And similarly, Eucharist is not a one-time deal. Actually, the Lord instructed the disciples to do this in remembrance of me. And actually, this is the sacrament of the church that we practice the most frequently. And if you think about the sacraments of the church, you, start, you do baptism, mara. You do confirmation, mara. Confession, very rarely. We do marriage once, only once, hopefully not more than once. Yani, all the sacraments only, yani, as communion is the one we do repeatedly, repeatedly. Because Eucharist is food. Do you eat once or do you eat repeatedly? No. And we eat on the bread of life. We eat on the bread of life. And we'll talk about why later. Another way Passover is similar to the Eucharist is that there was a specific way to do the Passover. There was, if you will, a liturgy of the the Passover. Masalan, if I took the Passover lamb and I slaughtered it and I didn't do it according to the instruction of the Lord, would the blood of the lamb make any effect? No. So the liturgy, the way we offer this sacrament is so critical. The way we offer this sacrament is so critical because it requires that we do things precisely, to do everything precisely. We have to, like, if the blood, like, we offer the sacrament, also the people have to approach it in the right way. 
if you ate the Passover meal, but you didn't put the blood on the door, no, save, no salvation. So it taught us about liturgy. And actually, the, the sacrament of Eucharist is even more like deep than the Passover, because the Passover, when they would celebrate it multiple times, as I said, the angel of death didn't come and kill every firstborn child the years following. Like, they would do it as memory. But the sacrament of the Eucharist is not just, is not just memory. Actually, all the things we do in the church now is not just memory. Today we are going to be at the, the Last Supper. Tomorrow, like Good Friday, we will be at Golgotha. We will be there. We will be there. And the ones who have illumined eyes, they have seen this and testified to this. How does the Eucharist help us? How does the Eucharist help us? The Eucharist helps us because the Eucharist is life. The Eucharist is life. Our Lord Jesus Christ, He says, Most assuredly I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Sin always leads to death. And sin is anti-life. Sin is anti-life. When Adam and Eve ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, they became under the sentence of death. And unfortunately, we are all under this sentence of death. And actually, the prophet Ezekiel, he speaks about this in a very graphic way that I want to share with you. In Ezekiel 16, he talks about an infant that is born. He says, you were born in the land of Canaan. Your father was an Amorite. Your mother was a Hittite. You were born and no one cut your umbilical cord or washed you or rubbed you with salt or wrapped you in cloths. No one took enough pity on you to do any of these things for you. When you were born, no one loved you. When you were born, no one loved you. You were thrown out in an open field. This was mankind. This was mankind left in this open field. But then God says, Then I passed by and I saw this little baby. Can you imagine this little baby squirming? He says, I passed by and I saw you squirming in your own blood. You were covered with blood. And then he says, But I wouldn't let you die. I wouldn't let you die. This is Eucharist. He wouldn't let us die. He would not let us die. The remedy of the sentence of death was to eat from the tree of life. The tree of life is the Eucharist. That's why I get so concerned. Yani, we have many, like, I'm sorry to say, yani, there's life, I know. But we have youth go months without taking communion. Months without... How? How it comes, Kira? This is no life without Eucharist, without the sacraments, without living in a relationship with God. No life. No life. Number two, so Eucharist gives us life. Number two, the Eucharist gives us forgiveness of sin. Forgiveness of sin. 
In the Old Testament, we learn that atonement was only achieved through blood. Blood. As it's written in Hebrews chapter 9, it says, The law requires that nearly everything to be cleansed with blood, for without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. So the Eucharist is life, and it takes away our sin and cleanses us. And if you see what the scripture says about the Eucharist, it says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And it says, And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. All sin. When we sin, imagine that the garment gets... When when we sin, the... The, the, the clothes get dirty. Like our vestments, are, like our, our body becomes dirty. How can we clean this? There is no laundry mat in the Spirit. The laundry mat is the blood of Christ. He is what makes us whiter than snow. He is the one that cleanses our conscience, as is also written in Hebrews chapter 9. If you go back to that poor baby that I was talking to you about in Ezekiel... He says, then I took water and washed the blood off of you. I rubbed olive oil on your skin. The Eucharist washed us, purifies us, cleanses us. Number three, the Eucharist heals us, heals us. If we are broken, if we are sick, if we are empty, if we are hungry, the Eucharist fills us. In 1 Peter, it says, He Himself bore our sins in His body on the tree, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By His wounds you have been... By His wounds you have been healed. So the blood of Jesus Christ, His wounds, has given us healing. Do you remember in the story of the Good Samaritan? In the story of the Good Samaritan, He was taken to the inn, and... They bandaged his wounds and they poured on him oil and wine. Wine. This is a symbol of the healing that communion gives to us. And that's why these days I find it so unfortunate that sometimes our anxiety troubles us when we come to, to take communion. Communion is the source of healing. It is the source of healing. If we're too anxious, we need to take a chill pill, which is communion. Into you're going to have more problems than hand sanitizer that we put on our hands. When you digest it, see what harmful chemicals you're putting into your body. Into you're worried about a little... Sadoni, Sadoni, you're going to be like, read the labels, it says, do not ingest it. As we do it, anxiety, like the anxiety, the high levels of anxiety needs to come down. This is what gives healing. Actually, St. Paul, he says, you know why people are sick in the church? He says, because they come to communion in an, un- in an unworthy manner. That's what um, like St. Paul says. Communion that gives healing. doesn't make people sick. Number four, communion or the Eucharist brings someone close to God. Close to God. I love what St. Paul he says in Ephesians chapter 2. 
He says, but now in Christ Jesus, you are once afar off. You are once far. But now you have been brought near by the blood of Christ. You have been brought near to the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ is what allowed us to approach the altar. Yeah? The, all, the blood of Christ is what allowed us to approach the, the, the altar. It's what allowed us to have boldness at the end of the liturgy when we say that we may have boldness to cry out, Abba, Father, why? Because it is through His blood we have this ability. It is through His blood that He made us now His family. Now we are one with Him. And if you read about the, the baby that we talked about, he talks about how I clothed this baby. I, made care, I took care of this baby as one of my own. I put the best clothes on you. I gave you, it says I put a nose ring. I gave you the finest jewelry. I set a crown on your head. I set a crown on your head. When you come to eat at this table, it's as if Christ is putting a crown to eat on our heads. To eat at His royal table. This is the royal table for the kings and for the priests, and for everyone. And everyone is invited to eat at this table. We said four things that communion did for us. I have more, but the Eucharist is life. Number two, Eucharist is forgiveness of sins. Number three, Eucharist is healing, is healing. It, has, it is powerful healing. And number four, and number four, it brings us close to God, and glory be to God forever. Amen. Your body and your blood are forgiven.